my name is Mike Grain. Welcome to another Conversations on Retail and the University of Arkansas Supply Chain Management Research Council, focusing on on-shelf availability. Today, we are joined by a couple of experts from the Sensormatic Company. When we think about radio frequency identification to get inventory accurate and products on the shelf, we typically think of three components, hardware, certainly the tags that are actually on the product and the software. Sensormatic provides a great solution and we're about to hear a lot more about it. So please join me as we join the conversation in progress. Yeah, and I think other retailers uh, actually think about displays. For example, if I'm a Procter & Gamble and I've mm -hmm. got a display that's going to go into Walmart, some of them are thinking about, in addition to tagging all the items on the display, I'm going to put a case-level tag or pallet-level tag on the display itself. So if I read that tag, which is identifying the pallet and the products at the same time, I could pretty much tell you, guess what? The pallet got set the way it was supposed to. Right? right. So that's that's another obvious benefit of that. So so you guys, this, this is a little bit of an off question, but uh, we've got Jonathan asking this one. I think it's a really good one. This doesn't happen with just software, right? There's hardware component. There's a tag component, et cetera. How in the world do you think through if, I, if, if I'm coming to you, for example, Jamie, and go, hey, I want to build an RFID solution. I don't know that Sensormatic has all of the pieces. So what are the various pieces that I need to consider and who do I go to for both tagging as well as the hardware aspect of this? Right. Great point. So the, the solutions are typically hardware, software, services, and tags fall, you know, oftentimes fall within They're the cousin of the hardware bucket. Um, and you do need all of those. Um, and I saw Jonathan's question in there. You know, getting tags on product, customers ask us all the time, especially those that are new to RFID, how do I do this? Well, you know, we have run pilots for years where for a pilot, you don't have to have source tagging. I, we recommend that if you can tag for a pilot in a distribution center, that is ideal. We have run pilots where they're actually tagging in the store, not ideal because you're taking a lot of that labor in the store to do that type of task. So if you can move that to DC, great. But our ultimate goal is always to move that tagging back to the source. Um, and you know we've been doing that as an industry for years and all the major players, uh, the tag providers who are providing tags to the stores today have RFID enabled tags that they can apply to, to, to the goods. And the, the form factor of those tags run the gamut from a hang tag to a label to a sewn in, um, all sorts of different tag formats to meet the particular retailer's needs. And one more thing I wanted to touch on, Mike, that made me think of earlier is when we talked about category expansion, this relates to tagging, I, I want one of the, the, the bad pieces of information that's out there is that a retailer has to tag everything in their store to make, make it successful. Mm. There are programs in the market today that have been around for years um, that are not tagging all of this, all of the items in their stores. If it, may, if it makes sense for a certain retailer to do so, absolutely. But there are major programs rolled out across uh, the country or the, or the globe where they have selected certain categories to be tagged with RFID and other categories not to. So, And, and you can work with your tag provider to say, these are the items that are going to be tagged and other ones are not. Perfect. Perfect. A couple of things I would like to add is, you know, we also recommend the right hardware for the right use cases. We, you know, in the store automation use cases, we would like to, you know, I always recommend the mobile handheld device, you know, the RFID sled with a device, whether it's iOS or Android, we support both. And you can do a lot of use cases with it. And 
Um, most, you know, typically most retailers will add a fixed reader, like a transition reader from the bathroom to the sales floor and, and vice versa, you know, for moves and replenishments, automatically it puts the items from, from one zone to another. So that's another one. And we also uh, have used fixed readers for, of course, uh, you know, POEs and uh, and ship from store use cases. POE, so, uh, point of POE exit. to the others. Yeah, point of exit. Point of exit. Yep. Thank uh, you. You know, there's a use case for RFID as EAS. You know, where we mark the item as sold at the POS, and as it leaves the door, if the item wasn't paid for, it alarms. Yep. Okay. Great. So let's go into a couple of the other ones. Um, you know, Jamie, you and I were sort of uh, talking back and forth before we got on this thing around implementing RFID for product availability for picking, et cetera. Um, obviously, you guys work with a lot of retailers. Do you have any good examples where people sort of best in class to, that they're leveraging this capability for the omni-channel purposes? Yeah, I mean, I probably have a, a several examples, and I, I I skipped over that at the beginning, talking about some of the customers that we work with. You know, we we work with customers like Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, we've been working with Macy's for years, uh, Victoria's Secret, Allbirds. So we have lots of different customers who are at different stages of using it. I would say the vast majority of those retailers are enabling, are utilizing their RFID tag goods to augment their omnichannel program. I think that's the question you're asking me. So yeah. th they're all doing it in a in a little bit of a different way, um, but I think they're all trying to reach the same end goal, which is make sure you have inventory accuracy, make sure that the OMS system is directing the right the the orders to the right stores, um, making sure that you do not have split shipments um, and that you're not extending labor uh, where you don't need to in the store. So, and then the when when that OMS order arrives in the store. Being able to use RFID as a Geiger counter or as a to help the, the store associates find those items, that's been a huge benefit. So if there's one, uh, let's say there's one pair of jeans, a 32, 34 jean in that store, that's hard to find. Um, and so to first be able to look at the RFID data for the store and say, hey, that item is actually on the sales floor, not in the back room, that gives them the first bit of information. And then they can use the tools with the handheld that, that Umesh was talking about to direct them to where in that in the store that is. Um, and that's been a huge benefit as well. Yeah, awesome. a couple of points here, you know, so the goal is to reduce omni-cancel rates, right? Uh, so you get an omni-order and then, uh, you know, you use the Geiger function, it beeps louder and louder as you get closer to the item to find it. Now I say, if you don't hear a single beep, just transfer the order to another location so you don't lose that order because it's definitely not there, the item. Gotcha. Yep. Perfect. So this one is an interesting one because, Jamie, you started out this conversation saying that you guys were both an inventory as well as an asset protection loss prevention mm -hmm. tool. And for years, you've had basically EAS portals that alarmed when a certain item didn't get demagnetized at the register, mm -hmm. uh, didn't necessarily have a lot of intelligence. Now I have an RFID tag. Walk us through, and I, and I think two reasons. Number one, you have the reason, you have the, the, the right to be able to lead in this area because you've been in loss protection so long. Plus, you're working with, I think, as a state-of-the-art retailer with Macy's and Joe Call specifically mm -hmm. about the great things he's doing, leveraging RFID as an asset protection tool. So a big, broad question, which is, what does the future look like 
uh, with uh, RFID and EAS? How are they going to play together? What what do you, what do you see as the future? Yeah, so they certainly will play together. I, I'll, I'll answer this question a couple different ways. You know, we're, we're seeing you know we are seeing customers who are somewhat new to um, EAS. Uh, are utilizing something at the door who are getting started with RFID as EAS. And when we use that terminology, we actually mean just using an RFID tag. It doesn't even have to be, or maybe can't be uniquely encoded for that item, but putting an RFID tag and, and letting the RFID system at the exit alarm. So that's really just using RFID, but as the same tool that they've used previously. What's nice about that solution it gives, is it gives that retailer the migration path to get to a full inventory program where they could then move from non-uniquely tagged items, using it just for loss prevention and alarming purposes, to item level encoded tags with a full inventory program that has all the benefits we've been talking about on this call um, and, and, and allowing them to utilize that RFID tag for a loss prevention purposes, um, knowing if that item has been sold or not at point of sale. So when it goes to the exit, it alarms creating shrink reports at the exit that show you how many bulk events that I have in this uh, in a given day, in a given week. What is the trend for when these items are going out of the store? What are the price points for the items going out of the store? The, the data that's available to the retailer, to the loss prevention professional now, um, in many ways is almost overwhelming because previously they reacted to alarm events. And we talk all the time as a, as a company about a loss event. Um, and so you know that something happened. You don't necessarily know what happened, uh, but you know something happened. Now you know exactly what was taken. You have you tie that to video, um, and you really have now investigative tools um, that can allow the loss prevention uh, team to to resolve those cases much faster. Um, so that's just one example. We're also working with customers who are utilizing RFID and, and taking readers into bodegas and, and reading um, items that have been stolen are being resold uh, below a barbershop in, in Soho um, and identifying these are all these items that were stolen from various stores all over the country and where were those items stolen from? So, you know, the, the loss prevention capabilities, once you have those tags on those items, it's, it's pretty uh, wide and broad for sure. Yeah, and also we can identify, you know, if somebody were to buy an item or, you know, steal an item and return it in another store, we will know <laughs> it was a stolen item. Uh, and, also, you know, in my view, you know, AM technology, you know, EAS technology has been around for, for decades, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of customers we have in retail that have been using that. What is their path to progress? So we have to give provide them a path to progress, and that progress is the dual technology, AM and RFID, and we offer those tags, the dual technology tags, and then they're suddenly able to do a lot of the use cases we talked about. Yeah, and, and Jamie mentioned it's not an all or nothing, right? Mm -hmm. So you have some retailers out there that are really RFID heavy in certain categories, mm -hmm. apparel, electronics, et cetera, but they're also selling razor blades, which are a high shrink item, et cetera. So EAS and RFID are going to have to work together. I don't think it's a it's a no brainer that they're get, they eventually will merge into one. Yep. But from my perspective, you're going to have to have both, unless you're like a Macy's where you are 100% RFID tied across your box. Um, from my from my perspective, I think that makes sense. Um, so so one of the questions I guess I, that has been asked is. Is there a way, and somebody texted this one to me, it's not, so it's not in the chat. 
it's great that you can see what left the store that didn't get paid for that. We call that kind of the POS bypass, what bypass mm -hmm. POS, et cetera. The question is if RFID is able to be read throughout the retail store, are there any actions that a retailer can take before it leaves the store? It's great to know when it left the store, exactly what time and what location and match up the video, but is an RFID capable of catching it before it leaves the store to potentially um, stop that individual from, from taking the item inappropriately? Yeah, I, I certainly think, um, you know, there, you could, you could use RFID to create alerts, right? So if you see, you know, we used to talk about, um, could you put readers under tables to see that there's been a, a table sweep, right? So mm -hmm. that you know that front table that's, you know, typically the table is being stolen from, and you could send an alert to an associate that there is a, a, a shelf sweep taking place. Mm -hmm. um, there are, you know, you could alert an associate that there are a certain number of items being taken into or out of a fitting room, or um, that there's activity taking place at the, the, the back of the store. Um, there are, um, can we, can we utilize RFID to see what might be taking place, um, in a DC environment? Are there items leaving a DC that shouldn't be leaving a DC? So, and if so, uh, what, what, uh, loss prevention, uh, tools should we put at those exits or in those locations? So I, I do think there's some things that you can do to, to minimize those shrink events in a store environment. What, what I always say we have to be careful of is we don't want to over alert. Right. We don't want, we really want that store associate to be doing what their first job is, which is servicing the customer. Mm -hmm. um, so we got to be really careful about what you what you there's a difference between what you can alert on and what you should alert on. So um, we're really cautious and careful when we work with our customers to say, yes, the, the, there's a huge opportunity for you in what you do with RFID. But let's take it small. Let's take it. Let's take it piece by piece so that we're not overwhelming the store associates. Got it. OK, Umish, anything you want to add? Yeah, you know, it's all about actionable data, you know, not a core dump of data. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, fair enough. Some some of the interesting use cases that I'm that I'm seeing, and, and Jonathan Aiken, who's actually on this call from from Avery Dennison, and I've had this conversation several times, which is the labor reduction play. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number one, RFID does a much better job and is much faster at counting inventory levels, et cetera, versus scanning every single item. But what do you see the future of potentially leveraging RFID to replace the annual inventory audits, which are typically very expensive? You got to shut down the store basically to do it. Do you ever see a day and, and what's the path look like that allows us to literally replace these annual inventory audits with an RFID cycle count? Yeah, it, absolutely. I think that's the end goal. I mean, that's a huge amount of labor, as we all know, um, mm -hmm. for those annual accounts. Not just there's not the labor component. They're shutting down the store. They're closing the store early. They're bringing in staff. Um, and then the drain on the staff and, or if you hire an outsourced firm. So, yes, you can use RFID for those annual PI counts. Um, and some customers just choose certain categories to do that with. They may say, okay, these 80% of these categories, we're going to utilize RFID. This other one, we're going to do hand counts. We have shown that the RFID data um, that can be used for PI counts is more accurate than those manual PIs. So I think that's really important uh, information. I think there were some, some studies done by um, Auburn as well that, that, mm -hmm. that kind of backed that up. Um, and then now that most of the, the providers in the marketplace are moving to a cloud solution, it's important to make sure that you have the, the SOC compliance so that you have the controls around the data from your software solution so that you can utilize those counts 
for your annual PI. And that's something that we just came out with in the last 30 days. We've completed that SOC uh, compliance. So anyone using our solution, for example, can hit the ground running and utilize TrueView Cloud for those annual um, annual counts. So we view that as probably one of the biggest differentiators and, and really important to our customers because of all the benefits you look at, that's a number that really becomes meaningful really fast. Hmm. Yeah, and some of the, you know, just to add to that, some uh, some of the third party, you know, audit, audit companies like KPMG um, are accepting it and uh, they can provide references and, and also McKinsey did an article as well that's online uh, about that as well. So it's getting more and more commonplace now. Um, and uh, people who are, you know, some of the companies who are traditionally doing the manual counting, uh, they're also starting to move to RFID. So, mm. Got it. Got it. So back to where we started in 2005, Umish, when you and I were first talking about this, the supply chain. Talk to us a little bit about the supply chain opportunities upstream in the DC. And I'd like to specifically talk, what do you think the emerging supply chain opportunities specifically are leveraging RFID in food? Because I think understanding from the field all the way to the grocery shelf, what that that history looks like, I think RFID can play a really big role here. Okay, RFID penetration in the DC use cases. Uh, even in sports and fashion, I would say it's about 1%. It, it's still it's a huge growth opportunity. Right? You know, People who have been source tagging, people like Nike and others, just started doing DC use cases, you know, maybe three years back or so, right? Uh, so it's very recent. And uh, all, all, all DCs warehouses are not yet using RFID use cases. So there's a huge, uh, you know, a knowledge gap and understanding of what they can do with already tagged items coming through and using the data carrier for, for their own benefits. Right. Uh, we'll look at all the three PLs. Of course, UPS has started doing it. We talked about that big announcement. Uh, what about others? There are so many other three PLs. Right. Most retailers, they you know they have their own DCs, maybe one or two, but they always use three PLs. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and and they rely on them to provide the value adds and everything. You know. So uh, there's the three typical use cases that I see that still need to happen in many more places. This is a fast growing segment uh, for us is, uh, you know, incoming receiving inspection against the ASNs for reducing chargebacks and pick back audit and verification, basically to enable catching errors as upfront as possible in the supply chain mm. and outbound verification against the, you know, your customer orders and making receiving at the other end easier. Mm. Those are the four key use cases that give the biggest bang for the buck. And we did with the University of uh, Auburn University, I always just put university first, <laughs> Auburn University, we did a study in 2018 that said claims reduction and product authentication, making sure that that, that shirt is actually a Nike product mm -hmm. were the two big use cases. I'm not going to steal Justin Patton's thunder, but they've just redone those numbers and the numbers are much larger this year than they were in 2018. So I'm not going to steal his thunder. I'm not going to you know share anything that I shouldn't share, but I can tell you one thing, the use case is not going down. It's going up for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
to be very popular. Um, and the other one is the customer experience space, you know, in terms of brand authentication, verification, and diversion avoidance, and wholesale, right? Yep. So those those can be done uh, in parallel with the RFID benefits, you know, people are doing that where, you know, where you embed the EPC information in a QR image. So end users can also authenticate the product after you buy the product. Yep, absolutely. Last questions, big open broad questions. What's you guys' vision for RFID in the future? What, what do you think the new, the new categories, new use cases, what exactly you think the vision is? Where, where are we going to be two or three years from now? Yeah, it, you know, my perspective, we talked a little bit about the beginning of the, of the discussion, and it's really, you know, unpacking the, the capabilities for the new categories. What's going to happen in automotive? What's going to happen in grocery, QSR, and, and electronics, and health and beauty? I think, as we said, we, we've just scratched the surface. We don't yet know even what those little pocket or uh, additional use cases are going to be. But I think the benefit for those categories is they can learn from all of the, the, the paving of the road that the apparel and footwear companies have done. You know, they're, they're, we've all, the three of us for sure, were a part of that. And it was challenging over the years to you know, not have people say, well, I don't want to do RFID because the tag cost is too high. I remember that five to 10 years ago, <laughs> that was the number one blocker. And we finally got past that and said, it's not about the cost of the tag. It's about the value you get out of the system. Um, identifying use cases. So what I like to do when I talk to these, these electronics retailers and others is try to draw the correlation to things we've done in apparel and footwear that they can leverage and then grow upon for their business. So um, that's what's exciting to me is these new categories that are coming online, um, getting those categories source tag. That's kind of my, my number one goal is, is how do we make sure that we expand product or source tag and proliferation amongst those categories. And I, I should also say that, you know, because of the, the, the things that are happening at Walmart, we're seeing so many retailers now who have tagged goods in their stores and they don't even know it. And we walk mm. into stores with a handheld and say, let us show you. We pull the trigger and we see a thousand tagged items or 7,000 tagged items in one particular case. Um, so there may be retailers who are on this podcast right now who have tagged goods in their stores mm. and, and figuring out how to take advantage of that is, is going to be really interesting for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, the DC use cases that I mentioned was skyrocket. And uh, also, I want to mention AI and ML use cases, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, will increase significantly uh, with the data that we can generate and use. Uh, I'll give one example uh, that is, you know, combining dwell times with lead times to predict reorder points. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of good use cases that will start to happen with the AI. Got it. Got it. So one of my favorite questions to end with is this one. What did I not ask you about? What's on your mind is a burning topic that I should have asked, but I didn't ask. And usually my guests are much smarter in this space than I am. So what's on your mind that I never brought up or any of our uh, our, our uh, participants didn't bring up that you'd like to share? Yeah, I just mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, Umesh mentioned AI and ML, and I, I think you know, how, how all these new technologies are going to combine. You know, we, we spend a lot of time, I talked about at the very beginning, how do you utilize the data insights you're getting out of your traffic solution, for example, with, with, with our solution in, in ShopperTrack? 
Um, and how do you combine those data insi insights? We've talked a lot about RFID and we've, we've, we've touched around data, but it really gets to be interesting. Think about if you had RFID in your store and you also had, you know, traffic, either, even interior analytics with traffic, and you could, you, you don't, you see what your conversion rate is with your, your current solution and it's dropping and you just don't know why. Now you can use RFID data to say in that particular store where your conversion data is dropping, you can see that that store is actually really not executing with RFID. Mm. So the reason its conversion is not high in that store is because the store staff is not you know, populating the store shelves with what that customer wants to buy. So improve your execution with RFID, then relates to an improved conversion with your shopper, you know, your shopping metric. So that's really, you know, in, an interesting conversation, probably a whole podcast, Mike, into itself about what do you do with all the data coming out of these various systems that can make you operate better as a retailer. Mm, great point. Great point. And let's be honest, there are still retailers that are leveraging that unique serialization of that item and the unique serial number and just doing an RFID count and roll it up, say, well, I've got 20 of those and throwing away all that valuable information. Don't right. throw it away. Right. It seems like a lot of data to store, but it's one of those, you know, you're going to need that in the future to take advantage of some of the stuff that you just talked about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Umish and Jamie, thank you guys so much. Uh, really appreciate you spending some time on a Friday morning uh, walking through this. We normally try and do these uh, in the afternoon, but we thought Friday morning was a better uh, better way of doing it. You guys have done a great job representing the industry and some of the use cases, and uh, we really want to thank you for your time uh, and appreciate uh, all the hard work you guys are helping to lead the industry. So thank you guys very much. Great. Thank, thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Take care, everybody. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast regarding Sensormatic and some of the things they're doing with RFID and software to uh, uh, take advantage of that. Join us next time. We'll have a uh, actual product very similar to that called NeedApp. Uh, they are a competitor to Sensormatic. They do a great job of providing services for RFID solutions for retailers. Look forward to joining you then. Take care.